Life Audio. experienced regret? Have you ever looked back on the past and wished that you would have done something different or felt bad because of what was done to you? Perhaps what has happened in the past, what you continue to look back to is the thing that regret that you hang on to, whether you mean to or not, and it keeps you from moving forward. All of us have experienced regret to one degree or another. I would suggest even that that's just a part of life. However, when we allow regret to keep us in the past, to pin us down or nail us down, to hold us down to where we are, to keep us from marching because it's just easier to stay where we are, that regret becomes overwhelming and it can absolutely destroy our ability to do what God has called us to do. The big question, though, is understanding we all experience regret How do we overcome regret? How do we get past our past? We're going to talk about that today. We'll jump in in just a minute. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. And uh, I'm very um, excited would be the wrong word. I don't know another word. I'm looking forward to having this discussion with you today. I think this is one that is relevant. It's timely. It is a a topic, a subject that we can all connect to. And I am uh, really looking forward to being able to jump into some of this with you today. Before we get into that, however, I want to remind you, if you have not yet, subscribe to this podcast. You need to subscribe right now. And you might say, it's okay. I'll remember. I'll come back. You will forget, you will not remember, you will not come back, so subscribe. That lets you know when new content comes online. want to make sure that you have that, and then take some time. Go over to jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. That is uh, my website. You can find everything about me, all of my connections on social, as well as other podcasts that I'm involved in, and uh, I'd love for you to check that out as well, so please do that. Regret is uh, the topic in front of us today, and it's one that I am talking about today because I believe all of us deal to one degree or another with regret. 
We look to the past, we consider the past, we think about what has happened in the past, and if we're not careful, we can allow our past to keep us from moving forward. Perhaps we regret what we have done in the past. I think for many of us, that's exactly what it is. We regret the things we did to others, the things that we said, um, the things that perhaps we even did. I, I know often in the veteran world, there is a regret of actions that were taken that caused perhaps injury or the loss of life. We regret those decisions that we made, those actions that we took in the past. It's crazy how the mind works. We can go back to those situations, those circumstances, those decisions again and again and again. And we become so focused on what happened a year or five years or 10 or 15 or 20 years ago, long ago, we become so focused on those things that we don't look forward. We don't move forward. We continue to talk about and think about and really, in a sense, live in what happened in the past. We regret what we did. Maybe we regret what others have done to us. When I talk about trauma, I often have that discussion. We could talk about what we've done or what has been done to us. So many of us have lived through things in our past, people and situations that harmed us, the trauma that came into our lives. And we regret that we had to go through that and we can't let go of it. We, we hang on to it. It's a regret. Why did I have to? Why did this happen to me? Why, why, why? We regret. Perhaps for some, it's the regret over lost opportunity. It's funny how we can regret not doing something, uh, which is why I'm constantly saying we need to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. But we regret. Uh, we regret missed opportunities, maybe in a relationship or uh, in a business uh, setting, perhaps financially, maybe somewhere else. We look back and we, we conclude, whether we're right or not, we conclude that if I had done something different, if I had not missed that opportunity, my life would be profoundly different than it is now. Whether or not that's true, none of us can actually know, but we regret. And we allow the past, we allow what we have done to others, what has been done to us, those missed opportunities, we allow those things to serve as a chain. You've probably heard me use this analogy before. It just makes so much sense in my mind. It becomes a chain, a chain of regret, <laughs> that keeps us from moving forward. I am absolutely convinced that there are a few things in life more powerful than regret that can keep us from moving forward. And that's what we talk about. We talk about marching. That's putting one foot in front of the other, continuing to move forward when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. What is death? It's mental. It's emotional. It's spiritual. It's, it's giving up. It's not the physical kind of death. It's that giving up. That's saying, I can't move forward for one reason or another. And I don't know that there's anything more powerful in this world to hold us in place, to keep us down than that chain of regret. All of us have experienced this to one degree or another. I was talking to a good friend this last week, and uh, we were talking about this exact topic, which is why I'm talking about it now with you, uh, this topic of regret. In my life, there are a few things that I struggle to deal with. I, I'm just, I don't worry about a lot of things. I'm not uh, trying to deal with a lot of things. 
Um, I'm not afraid of much <laughs> moving forward. It's not, not that I'm uh, courageous. I just, I just don't internalize things that way. But the one area that I do struggle with is, is this one area right here. It's regret. It's looking back over the course of my life and thinking things like, I wish I had not said or done that thing. Uh, I wish I had not missed that opportunity. Why did I have to go through that? And why did I respond when I did go through that the way that I did? Regret. I wish I had done more. I wish I had done something different. And it's crazy how, like scenes in a movie, these situations that you no longer have control over, they can play again and again and again and again in your mind. The real question is, all right, regret is powerful. It's common. It's something that all of us have experienced to one degree or another. How do we move past it? How do we overcome regret? If dealing with it is essential in order for us to move forward, how do we deal with it? How do we overcome regret? I want to give you some thoughts today, and this list is, is long. <laughs> There's 10 things on this list. Um, you can find these on my blog. Again, jeremystonlicker.com. You can find my blog. I wrote uh, all of these down in a blog post that you can find there. I, I could spend an entire episode, an entire blog post on any one of these. Uh, this is not exhaustive. This isn't super deep. Uh, these are, are offered to you, if you will, to begin thinking about how you can move past regret. I, I feel so bad <laughs> that so many people are stuck here, stuck, when there are different perspectives and different principles that we can apply to our lives that will allow us to move beyond what has happened and move forward in a meaningful way. So how do we overcome regret? I want to begin by giving you um, just a few bullet points. We'll walk through these together. Number one, this is such an important one. Remember what God has done. Remember what God has done. Now, I want to preface this entire conversation with this. So this is the, the big note, all right? Asterisk. Before we get into the rest of it, this, this is what I want to, to set the stage with. If you are dealing with regret over sin committed, over something that needs to be confessed to God and forgiven, the Bible word repent, to turn away. If you have not yet dealt between you and God with whatever is in your past, that's where you need to start. And maybe that's the issue. Uh, maybe you're hanging on to it. You don't want to let go of it. You don't want to acknowledge that you did something wrong or that after someone did something to you that was wrong, you responded in a wrong way. Whatever the case, if you haven't started right there between you and God, that's where you need to start. That's my note. That's, that's my preface to this whole thing. So I'm going to assume as we're walking through this that you have spent time confessing if confession is needed, repenting if that's what's needed, uh, walking away from it, giving it to God, allowing God to work in your life. We're going to assume you've started there. Okay, so if you have, then what's the next thing? Number one, remember what God has done. Remember what God has done, how easy it is for us to forget just how good God is. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you've had your sins forgiven. God, who loved you, sent his son, Jesus, to be the Redeemer for us, to restore us into relationship with him, God the Father. You have uh, entered into that relationship by putting your faith in Christ. What a miracle that is. 
Old things are passed away. The Bible says all things are become new. Uh, Your sin no longer has a hold on you. Your eternal destiny is secure with God in heaven because of what he has done. And if that's all he's ever done for us, that is far more than we deserve. We need to spend more time considering, stepping back and thinking about what God has done. Beyond that, I think if we're honest, we could all look at our lives and see moments in time, uh, probably many, many, many moments in time where God worked in our lives, worked in relationships, uh, provided when we needed to be provided for. God has been so good. You might say, well, I'm struggling now and I'm hurting now and there's a lot of difficulty in my life now. I wouldn't diminish any of that. But to gain a right perspective of where we are right now, so often what we need to do is set everything else aside and remember what God has done. What has God done for you? When we become grateful people, when we become people that often reflect on the goodness of God, it changes the hold that the badness of the world has on us. In my Bible reading right now, I'm going through a year-long Bible reading plan starting on January 1, and the last day of December, I'll finish reading the Bible if I stay on this plan. And so because of that, I'm in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses is talking to the children of Israel, and he's getting ready to die, and Joshua is going to come and take over the leadership of the nation. Uh, Incredible story. In all of that, toward the end of the book of Deuteronomy, Moses telling the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, what God has told him to tell them, explains that if they don't remember what God has done, they're going to find themselves in a place where they never thought they would be, in bondage, in slavery, without hope. But if they'll remember what God has done, and if they'll live lives that reflect the goodness of God, there will be blessing, there will be purpose, there will be protection. Because they're living in light of what God has done in their lives. Remember what God has done. I told you, told you there are 10 things, so I need to move fast. Number two, <laughs> and this goes along with number one. Number two, become reacquainted with forgiveness. Become reacquainted with forgiveness. Great verse in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The premise of being kind to other people and tenderhearted to other people and forgiving of other people is the fact that God has forgiven us. We could go from that verse, Ephesians 4.32, down to chapter 5 and verse 1. Again, the Bible talks about God's love for us, His sending Jesus, His Son, the Redeemer. The idea that He has forgiven us should so overwhelm us, it should serve as a cloud or a covering in every other relationship that we enjoy. Why? Because it is profound. Because the forgiveness of God changes everything. We so often live our lives thankful that God has forgiven our sin and yet not responding to that in a practical, ongoing, daily way. Here's what I mean by that. People use the phrase, and um, you've probably heard me talk about this before, 
I, I don't love it. <laughs> the phrase is, you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you've heard that phrase before. I don't like that phrase, and I always push back on it for a very simple reason. If we could forgive ourselves, we wouldn't need Jesus as our Savior. <laughs> the reason we needed a Savior, we needed God to leave heaven and come to earth and take on human flesh and die in our place on the cross, and once he was buried to overcome sin and death through his own bodily resurrection, the reason we need that to happen is because we can't forgive ourselves. So I think on its face, the premise of that phrase, you need to forgive yourself, is faulty. But I understand the spirit of it. <laughs> the reality is, as Christians, what we need to do, we can't forgive ourselves, but what we need to do is accept and lean into the forgiveness that has already been purchased by our Savior Jesus. We need to understand, once again, become reacquainted, relearn, rethink about, <laughs> re-internalize forgiveness. When God forgave, forgave you through Jesus, his forgiveness was not only a forgiveness for what has happened in the present where you're living now, sufficient for the future, his covering. Now, as we sin, we need to ask uh, forgiveness, repenting of that, confessing that to God. We need to keep that right be before God. But when he died on the cross, he died for the sins of today and the sins of tomorrow. It, his blood applies. But likewise, he died for the sins of yesterday. He died for the brokenness of our past. When we hang on to what has happened in our past, when we hang on to regret, what we are doing essentially, now none of us would, would vocalize it this way, but what we're essentially doing is we're saying, uh, God, your forgiveness, your covering, your shed blood, your miraculous resurrection, that's not good enough for what happened back there. It's not good enough. It wasn't enough. It's not powerful enough to forgive my sin that was committed back there that I've confessed to you. Not enough. Not powerful enough to forgive the sins of others who have hurt me and whether they have a relationship with you or not is between you and them. But it's not between me and them. We need to become reacquainted with forgiveness. The forgiveness of God in our lives should be that covering that touches everything we do. We can move forward, move beyond the past, the brokenness of it all, not because we're good enough, not because we've overcome, not because we're smarter than that, not because we figured it out, but because Christ, the Son of God, has forgiven powerfully all things becoming new. There's victory in that. Become reacquainted with forgiveness. I'll continue number three. Understand that faith is trusting God for today, tomorrow, and yesterday. So we talked about forgiveness. Now let's talk about faith. The Bible tells us that we need to live by faith. In fact, in Hebrews eleven six, I've said this many, many times, great verse. The Bible tells us we can't please God without faith. What is faith? Faith is putting our confidence, also our hope, our trust, our confidence in God's word. Faith is not closing your eyes and hoping it will all work out somehow. Faith isn't trying hard enough to get God's attention or to make something miraculous happen. Faith is trusting God's word. My dad, who 
pastored for many, many years, used to say it this way. Uh, faith is taking God at his word and then living your life according to it. That's a great way to look at it. It's taking God at his word. It's believing that what he says, what he said, what we have recorded in the Bible to us, he meant, and he can do it. He can fulfill it. And then we live our lives according to that. That faith, that confidence, we always think of it in terms of the future. It's I'm trusting God for the future. I'm trusting God to, uh, to take care of me as we move forward. I can't see the end from the beginning, so I'm going to trust God, and we should. We pursue by faith. That's what we should do. But faith is not just for living today and not just for what will happen in the future. Faith, confidence in God also touches our past. It's having the confidence that what he said in his word about forgiveness, what he said in his word about victory, what he has said in his word about newness of life, all of it, he said it, he'll fulfill it, and therefore we live our lives according to it. Just as much as faith is trusting God to take the next step into the future that you can't see, faith is trusting God to take the next step beyond a past that's full of hurt, pain, and often regret. I, I don't know that if you were sitting in front of me, I could say it exactly like this, but please understand the spirit of this. If you will not move forward, away from the regret and the pain of the past, that's a faith problem. You're not trusting God enough to have dealt with what's happened in your past and to give you the strength and the confidence to leave it in the past and continue moving forward. We need to understand that faith is trusting God for today, tomorrow, and yesterday. Number four, we then need to learn and apply the lessons from the past. I won't spend a lot of time on this one. I, I think this is self-evident. Whatever your past is, that's exactly what it is. You can't go back and change it. What you can do, however, is learn lessons. Maybe it was a lesson about how you treated someone, something you did. I, I regret doing that. Learn that lesson and don't do it again. Become a better person because of what happened in your past. Uh, perhaps it's a regret. I wish I had done more, something that I missed, an opportunity I did not take advantage of. Learn from that, recognize the pattern, and take advantage of that in the future. Learn the lessons from the past. The past is only wasted if we don't learn from it. That takes me to number five. Redeem the past. Learn from the past, but then use it to be a blessing not only in your life, but in the lives of others. Again, I've said this so many times. What is redemption? Redemption is adding value or placing value where something was once worthless. It, it's, it's, it's to have value because of something outside of the situation, outside of the circumstance. It's adding value where there was once no value. In California, where I live, there is a redemption value if you buy something in a glass bottle. Now, that glass bottle is absolutely worthless until it is redeemed. Then there is something that comes back. Not much, by the way, but something comes back. 
it's redeemed. It has value in the redemption process. As it sits empty on my counter, it's worthless. It's empty. It serves no purpose. But when it's redeemed, I get something in return. We talk about the redemption of our souls being redeemed by God. We're so broken and so hurt and so uh, without hope. But then God, through Jesus Christ, redeems us to himself. He is the source of value in our lives, taking what was broken and valueless and, and, and infusing it with so much value that we have a relationship with him for all of eternity. Your past, that part that you regret, can be redeemed. The brokenness and the hurt can be infused with value if you'll use it for the benefit of yourselves, of course, your life, and others. How many people have gone through just horrendous things in their own past, in their own life? Very, very difficult things. And they're able to tell those stories. They have a heart of compassion where there wouldn't be one otherwise to help. They do things they would not have done otherwise, serving others, encouraging others, being a blessing to others because of their past. There's redemption in that. It should be amazing to each of us that God can use what once was lost and broken and seemed so worthless, can use it for a bigger purpose. That's redemption. We can regret the past or we can instead redeem it and understand there is value if we'll allow it to have value in the lives of others. Next, this is such a good one. (laughs) Forgetting is not forgetting. It is releasing. Have you ever been told you need to forget about that? (laughs) Forget about it. Or or people like to say this, you need to get over it. Leave it in its past. Don't ever think about it again and move on. I I think this is honestly one of the big struggles with regret. It's not that we sometimes don't believe God has taken care of it. We just keep thinking about it. And when we come to the Bible and the Bible tells us that we should forget, as in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13, where the Apostle Paul said, Brothers, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. We, we read that and we think, well, if I can't stop thinking about it, then I'm still chained to it. It's still there. Here's the thing. Most people who have been through difficult situations in their past, traumas, trials, overwhelming uh, circumstances, these regrets that we hang on to, you don't forget it. Your brain doesn't release it. It's there. It's a memory. When Paul in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13 talks about forgetting those things which are behind, he wasn't talking about or suggesting that he wouldn't be able to remember what happened. I don't know what happened back there. I can't remember. I forgot it. What he was communicating is he was not going to allow what happened in the past to keep him from moving forward. That's the rest of the verse. Uh, Forgetting those things which are behind, I reach. I press. I keep moving into what God has prepared for me. He, He doesn't forget as in can't remember. He forgets as in releases. He stops dwelling on it. 
He won't allow it to consume his life because it's in the past. He says, I've forgotten. We need to understand that forgetting is not forgetting. It's releasing. It's letting go of that chain that has us bound. That takes us, though, to uh, really another very important point. We need to die daily. See, that's the only way this forgetting thing works. <laughs> because you remember. I know it's confusing. Forgetting is not forgetting. It is releasing. It's letting go. Have you, at any point in your life, gotten over the regret of the past, felt like it was conquered, you got victory over that, and then for no good reason, you woke up one morning, or you were driving somewhere in your car, having a conversation, and you were overwhelmed once again, brand new, <laughs> with that regret. You say to yourself, I thought I got over it, I thought I got victory, I thought I overcame that, but here it is again. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark. You know what else he said in 1 Corinthians 15, 31? He said, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I die daily. Man, what an incredible admonition that is. I die daily. See, Paul recognized that our emotions... The organic part of us, our brain, these parts that make us who we are, they don't always like to cooperate. And that in order to move forward from the past, in order to let go of the chain of regret, we need to die daily. What does that mean? It means renewing every day that what's in the past is in the past, that God through Christ has forgiven, that God has been so good, that he has a plan for our lives and a purpose for our lives that I'm not going to forget, but that I can release. And I'm going to start moving forward again. Paul said, I die daily. I think that's interesting. You don't see Paul saying, I thought I dealt with it. And here it is again. He had made a decision based on maybe observation or his personal experience that I need to deal with this every day. <laughs> Being renewed every day. Spending time in God's word every day, time in prayer every day, committing to God uh, how you feel and what you think and what you're dealing with every day. This is why Jesus told us in John 15, we need to abide in him, walk with him, spend time with him, committing again day after day after day that I'm dead. The emotions of the past, the hurt, the brokenness, that's, that's dead. It's in the past. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm going to walk forward in that new creation. This is not about salvation. This isn't about asking for the forgiveness of your sin again and again and again and again. Uh, when you commit that to Christ, He forgives it. This is about not letting the past creep up and say, hey, I'm still back here. Dying daily. Paul said, in order to do this, this forgetting thing, which is not forgetting, it's actually releasing, <laughs> I die daily. Check this next one out. Feelings do not equal truth. Know the difference. Feelings do not equal truth. 
know the difference. Now, when things are working the way they're supposed to, our feelings and truth will align. This is not to suggest that feelings never equal truth or that truth never has with it the right feeling, uh, that they're always at odds with each other. That's not what this means at all. But so often how you feel and what is real are not the same. We've got to learn how to recognize the difference. You think, I'm alone. I've never, uh, no one else uh, has dealt with this or is dealing with this. I'm the only one who's ever been through that. You may feel that way, but that is factually false. (laughs) We could probably find hundreds of people, thousands of people that have dealt with situations very similar to ours in their past, in their present, that will in their future. You're not alone, even though you feel alone. Feelings do not always equal facts. God has forgotten me. God does not love me. You may feel that way right now, but the facts, the truth, uh, as written to us, given to us in the Bible, uh, they're not the same. How you feel does not equal what is real. I can't move forward. It's just too hard. I can't take the next step. You may feel that way, but feelings do not always equal uh, facts or reality. How you feel is not always what is real. Again, we want those two to sync up, but please understand there can be a difference in how you feel about your past and what God has done with your past may be two very different things. Don't respond in your life based on how you feel. Respond in your life based on what is true. Where do we find truth? We find truth in God's word. We find truth in our circumstance by going to other people who aren't connected directly to what's happening and asking them how they see it, what they understand. And the multitude of counselors, Proverbs tells us, there's wisdom. We get outside of our feelings and outside of ourself and gain the right perspective. How we feel does not always equal what is real. We need to know the difference. Then we need to focus on God's plan for our lives. You need to build where you are. Uh, This is one of the biggest, I think, (laughs) downsides, pain points, tragedies of hanging on to regret is that you're exactly where God wants you to be right now. How you got there the series of events that led up to this. God has a plan for you wherever it is you are right now. Maybe you're standing in the middle of a mess. Maybe you're not where you thought you would be. Maybe a thousand other scenarios. If you trust God and understand that God has a plan for your life and focus on that instead of what happened in the past or what brought you to this place, focus on God and what he wants to do through you. You can build where you are. You can go forward from here if you will. But if your focus is constantly on what's behind you, you will never move forward in a meaningful way. Focus on God's plan for your life and build where you are. Finally, again, every one of these could be its own episode, its own blog post. But finally, stop comparing. Stop comparing your life to others. Comparison will absolutely 
destroy you. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. The Bible is very clear on this. If you want to live life comparing yourself to others, you're just not very smart. <laughs> That's not wise. Why? And this is where that they don't know what it's like to be me or they haven't had the same struggles I've had or whatever. All that stuff we believe that's really not true. We feel like it is, but it's not. That's, this is where it comes from, from comparison. From me looking at my life and looking at someone else's life and concluding that I am entirely unique from them, that I should have more based on what they have, that I've struggled more based on what I perceive to be their struggles. It's a comparison between me and someone else or many someone's else. This happens in church. So often we go to church and we see the very best that people have to offer on Sunday morning, right? The very best. They're dressed the best. They're acting the best. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And then they go home and we can look around because we carry so much uh, burden and hurt <laughs> Sometimes dragging that regret in. We know what we're dealing with and we look around and, and just conclude that no one else is dealing with anything like this. You have no idea what anyone else is dealing with. However, you hang more tightly onto that chain of regret when you live your life comparing your situation, your circumstance, your past with those of others. Other people are responsible to God just as you are responsible to God. And neither one of you is responsible for the other. Walk before God. Live for God. Let God do in your life what He wants to do in your life and stop worrying about everyone else. Stop comparing. There are so many other things we could talk about here, and I hope that this begins an important conversation about regret. Listen, God doesn't want us to live with the regrets of the past. Carrying those things around and consistently dealing with those. Christ has forgiven our sin. He's forgiven what's happened in the past, the hurt, the anguish, the pain. <laughs> and we keep digging it back up. We hang on to it. And it's so easy for an enemy, the devil, who wants to keep us from moving forward to just throw that stuff back at us. You should have. You could have. Why didn't you? This happened to you. Uh, there should be shame. There should be guilt. What if you had? How different would your life be? It's so easy to have the devil throw that stuff back up at us and keep us from moving forward. We need to let go of that chain of regret. Remember what God has done. Become reacquainted with forgiveness. Understand that faith is about today, tomorrow, but also yesterday. Uh, um, decide <laughs> that we are going to forget, but realize that forgetting is not forgetting. It's releasing. It's letting go. We're going to die daily. Ongoing. Recommitting. 
consistently going to God and acknowledging there is a past, but God, you have a future and you have a plan and letting him do that work. Allowing our past to be redeemed, learning the lessons and, and, and using those for the benefit of others. Not comparing myself to anyone else, but just letting God work in my life. So much more that could be said here. I hope that's a help to you. I hope that's a starter. <laughs> um, this comes from a place of, uh, honestly, having a, a good conversation with a good friend and, and spending some time thinking about, yeah, regret. We all deal with that. I deal with it. But there is a path forward, and we need to start leaning into the principles that God lays out for us. Again, I hope that's a help to you. Please share that out with someone. You, you know some people that are struggling, that are hurting. Share that with them. Let them uh, spend some time thinking on these things. Again, I wrote a blog post about this as well. You can go to my blog, jeremystalnicker.com. Check that out. That would be fantastic. When you get done with this, I would encourage you, as always, go over to Life Audio, lifeaudio.com. You'll find uh, my podcast, of course, other incredible podcasts there. And I'd encourage you to check that out. And I will remind you, as I do every single week, <laughs> when the bullets are flying your direction, when it seems that life is out of control, you really only have two choices. You can stay where you are and die, or you can march. Choose to march. Thank you. Talk to you. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Are you concerned about tensions in the Middle East? Do you wonder where we're currently at in the biblical timeline? Are we really in the last days? Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Carl Muller with the Inside the Epicenter podcast. Every week, my co-host, best-selling author Joel Rosenberg, and I answer those questions and more. You'll hear inside knowledge of our meetings with leaders at the highest levels of government in the U.S., Israel, and the Middle East equipping you to filter the news with biblically sound insights. Find Inside the Epicenter on your favorite podcast app or go to joshuafun.com to listen and subscribe.